This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, is this the first day in the new life of the PC Party of Ontario? After a tumultuous, dramatic and unexpected leadership race, Doug Ford was announced as the winner at the end of a tumultuous, dramatic problem-plagued convention on Saturday. I was there until the bitter end. Have to say it was not the Conservatives' finest hour. Uh, The saddest sight was probably the scaffolding crane that removed the balloons, which were meant to be dropped on the winner in front of a big crowd of supporters. Instead, the hall had to be cleared for another event because the organizers did not book it for enough time. The delay in getting the results actually reminded me of being on an Air Canada flight because it was nearly four and a half hours before anyone came out to tell people what the heck was going on. So uh, when they finally told people, their members, uh, they were booed lied on te- live on television. Now, the other parties are jumping on this and saying that if the Tories can't run a leadership race, how can we trust them with government? Is that a valid criticism or is all of this just ancient history? And, uh, you know, I want to hear from our listeners on what they think on this question. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. In the meantime, I am here with three conservative strategists, John Capobianco, who is a veteran strategist and is a supporter advisor uh, to Christine Elliott. Jeff Silverstein is a political analyst with Sussex Strategy Group, and he was a volunteer with Doug Ford. And Jenny Byrne, who is a political advisor for the Conservative Party of Canada and to former Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Welcome to you all. Welcome. Thanks, Libby. Okay, everybody's here. So um, let's start with uh, Jenny. Uh, what's your take after you, you were there till the bitter end, too? I was there. Till Everyone the was. Yes. Um, listen, I think it's great. I think the party now has a has a leader elected. Uh, all of the uh, ca- uh, the other candidates, the other three candidates, have declared their support for uh, uh, Doug and the fact that they plan to run uh, in the upcoming election. Um, and, uh, and and that's not just lip service. I've been talking to, to members of all camps, and uh, that's where, where people are at. There's, there's an excitement. Saturday was extremely long and drawn out, but the result um, uh, was accepted by all the campaigns. So I think it's great. John, uh, you're with Christine Elliott. Um, of course, uh, at first she said she was going to contest the results. After 24 hours, she decided to accept the results. She said she's going to run. Uh, is, is that something that's going to linger? And again, you know, just the, the whole schmazzle of, of Saturday, is, is that going to be a factor in the race? 
Uh, no, it won't be. I, you know, I've always maintained that leadership races are like sausage making. Uh, you know, it's the sausage making process that's not the prettiest, but but the end result is the end result, and people will focus on 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 sort of the fact that we've got a leader now. Um, yeah, some people, you know, w- will say that that the process was flawed, and the Liberals will try to use it uh, and and try to use that uh, opportunity to to. Um, you know, to try to use the uh, that situation to make it worse. But you know, the Liberals have done the same thing. They've they've been uh, they've been. You know, I remember when Dalton McGuinty was picked leader with till 4:30 in the morning. So those things are forgotten by and large. Ontarians, we're going to focus on who the leader is. It's Doug Ford, um, and there is a sense of unity. Um, everybody is talking about the fact that we've now got less than 100 days before the election. So it's time to get behind the leader. I think I think the fact that Christine has, has decided that she is going to run is going to be great news for Doug and for the party, uh, all the other candidates as well. So it's, it's, it's a good sign, and I think people will move on. Okay. And Jeff, uh, what do you think? And not just for party members, but the public at large, are they going to think, hey, maybe these, these people can't run a one-horse race? I don't think so. It's in the past. I don't think people are looking in their rearview mirror anymore. I think they're looking ahead, and I think, you know, the problems that we saw on Saturday, they, they were glitches for sure. But I think that you have to you have to recognize that uh, this was a system that that hadn't been used before, and at the end of the day, it was a very very close race. And when they're that close, it it, it does often uh, get dragged out. So I believe that people are looking for a change. I think that the liberals uh, better be able to come up with more than just talking about how that uh, that uh, how that that uh, meeting was was executed because really there's there's a real momentum i think right now and and i think a new kind of party is emerging uh, and it's a party that's really driven by the grassroots okay a new kind of party is emerging uh, let's let's pick up on that uh jenny i mean it's pretty clear that doug ford won with the help of a very socially conservative contingent he appealed to them uh tanya granick uh, Allen, who uh, came off on the first ballot, uh, but did much better than anyone expected. She is the anti-sex ed candidate. She was up there on stage with him. Uh, has this changed the nature of the party? I think that conservatives are, are, have always been more most successful when when all. Um uh, factions within the party, so to speak, are united. Stephen Harper was able to do this and, and why he was in government for close to a decade. Whether it's fiscal conservatives, social conservatives, Demo- democratic reformers, the populists, I think that Doug will be successful if all of those um, uh, all of those uh, aspects of the party uh, are happy. And frankly, what Doug brings in terms of a new party is a bit of populism. There's going to be a whole group of of people, a voter um, out there in Ontario who's never probably considered voting for the PC party before, but 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 Doug appeals to them, and, and I'm looking at the voters in, in Etobicoke and, and Scarborough and in York, where he did so well during the last mayoral campaign. Uh, John, is 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 this party more socially conservative now, and and is that going to be apparent in policies? I wouldn't say it's more socially conservative. I think I think Jenny is absolutely right. I think the the fact that Mike Harris was another prime example of somebody who allowed all of the the various conservative factions in the party and allowed them to voice their their concerns and their beliefs. Um, but, you know, focused on what he believed was important for Ontario back then, which was, you know, like the economy and, and taxes and so forth. And I think that 
what you're going to see with, with Doug and what you've been hearing with Doug over the last 24 hours, but I would say indeed the duration of the leadership campaign has been making Ontario, you know, bringing back Ontario, making it strong again, uh, and, and giving taxpayers relief. And I think that's going to be his focus. I think it's going to be a lot of the economy. It's going to be on the economy. It's going to be bringing Ontario back into uh, a half province. Uh, and that's going to be his focus. And, and not to take anything away from Tanya and the good work that she's done and, and certainly the, the social conservatives who, who absolutely deserve a right to be part of our party and deserve a right to have their voice. But I think it's up to the leader and, and the caucus and the party at large to determine the direction. And, you know, we, I think we all agree that this, this province needs to be fixed and, and fixed economically. Um, yeah, but uh, Jeff, uh, again, he has said, Doug Ford has said that he would review the uh, sex ed curriculum. He's, he, he opened the very, very contentious issue of, of abortion by saying he, he might have another look. Uh, right now, young girls don't have to get parental permission if a doctor uh, agrees that they know what they're doing and, and they might be harmed. Um, all those things, that's a can of worms, Jeff. Do you... Well, I- I think, you know, John is right. I think that the focus of of Doug's message has been and will continue to be on making Ontario prosperous again. And I think that that what you're seeing is, is, and he's talked about the tent uh, being big and welcoming all kinds of, of people and opinions into the party. And you're seeing the party already coming together. These aren't issues that are going to be front and center. Uh, it is going to be about the economy. It's going to be about putting money back in people's pockets. Uh, that That's really going to be the focus of the campaign. Mm-hmm. But don't you think uh, the opposition might be able to, to jump on those things, say, hey, these are divisive issues that, uh, you know, they want to reopen? Well, I mean, these are things, uh, these are opinions that I think are shared by a lot of people. And um, Doug was expressing an opinion that I, I believe a lot of people share. Uh, so I don't think it was that controversial. Uh, I don't think that these things are going to be opened up. Uh, I think up it is that controversial. And, and um, I mean, very unscientifically, even here, we've, we've had listeners call in and saying, hey, if he's going there, we're not going with him. Yeah, again, I just don't see this being being the focus of, of where things are going to go in the next three months. It's really going to be about holding the Liberals accountable. I mean, that's what this campaign is going to be focused on, the track record of the Liberal government. And uh, the Liberals will attempt to deflect that. But uh, the people of Ontario are pretty clear that they want to change. And the focus will very much be on the economy and on taxes and, and getting Ontario back on track. Uh, Jenny, so um, let's move to that economic question. And all of the candidates, including the new leader, have said, uh, yeah, don't worry about it. We're going to find billions and billions of dollars, the billions that were supposed to come from the carbon tax, because there's a lot of waste in this government. Uh, Can we expect a, a fully costed plan or do we just have to trust them? I think that they'll put out a fully costed plan. I think that's how, uh, you know, it's it's kind of been the what campaigns federally and provincially have been doing for, uh, for for a while now, like decades, uh, a couple like a decade, uh, where a fully costed platform is is put out. I, I'm sure his people are working on that, and I agree with um, I agree with Jeff in terms of uh, the the um, 
the focus being the economy. If you heard uh, Doug, he spoke a lot about uh, opening opening Ontario up again to business. So that's going to be lowering taxes, uh, not uh, lowering business and small business and 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 families' taxes. Uh, it's going to be about um, uh, creating jobs. Ontario lost 51,000 full-time jobs um, in uh, alone. Um, uh, in, in January, right, but the, the, it improved a little bit, although just for part time in, in in the latest numbers. It, 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 exactly, and then of course the the carbon tax was an issue that all four candidates um, did not uh, support running on or supporting, uh, obviously because they've been out talking to uh, Ontarians and uh, it's not supported by Ontarians. So I agree that the ec- ec- the economy is going to be the the focus. And and frankly, Kathleen Wynne is is uh, that is that she is the weakest. There have been Fraser reports. Fraser Institute reports that have been out for the last several years saying she has the worst fiscal record of any sitting premier in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, again, uh, uh, do you uh, uh, do you think there's going to be a costed platform, or are we going to have to just trust that all this money is going to be found? No, I think there will be. I think that the challenge was, of course, during a leadership race, um, you know, going against the carbon tax and then and then having that sort of that financial hole. It was kind of hard for for anybody during a, le- a leadership campaign, certainly the one as truncated as the one that we just experienced, to come up with that. But now there's some time. Uh, Doug's going to build a team, a, a strong team of people, uh, and one of the things they'll look at is is sort of the, the platform and what he's promised during the leadership and what he's what he's going to take out from the platform. By and large, I think a lot of the the candidates agreed to uh, the, the 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 platform that was that was adopted by the party. One of the largest democratic processes uh, that I was involved in and in, in, in picking the policy that that became the People's Guarantee. There's a lot of policies in there that are already set. All of them agree, um, but I think this this financial um, uh, this financial uh, challenge I think is going to be dealt with I think pretty quickly. Once, uh, once he gets his team up and running. Okay, uh, let's take a couple of calls. We've got uh, Jim in Hanover. Hi, Jim. Hi. Uh, I was just wondering, who is responsible for complicating this voting system? <laughs> because it really is a mess. I hope we're not doing this for the provincial election. Oh, <laughs> I can tell you it's not one of the three on the call, that we're, the, uh, the three of us, but... Um, you know, and Jim, it's one of those things where the party was faced with something that they didn't know was coming, which was obviously with Patrick resigning as he did, uh, and uh, and the fact that we we had a June deadline of an election and sort of moving back, they uh, the party executive did what they could to sort of you know make the leadership uh, uh, at least competitive enough so that people could run and and you know challenge themselves and and sign up members whilst still trying to make sure that by the time that person and won, they still had some time to build a team and, and mount the election campaign. So as a result of that, uh, they came up with this online voting, which was the first time our party's ever done that for, an, for leadership. We did it for the policy uh, platform, but we, we didn't do it for the uh, for leadership. So that was, it was new. Uh, I think there was a lot of challenges, as we all know. Uh, I think that the party uh, executive will, will obviously relook at this, and whether or not they'll do it again, who knows. But um, it was a challenge for sure, and I think that... Um, um, you know, we made the best of it with 60,000 plus people voting. I think was a, was our all-time record. So um, I'm going to focus on the successes. You know, it was. Uh, thanks a lot, Jim. Okay, it, thank you. It was uh, Doug Ford himself who said uh, the 60,000 number was irrelevant because. 
there were uh, nearly 200,000 signed up. And at, at one point, he even said he, w- he was likely to contest no matter who won. But now that he's won, I don't think he's con- contesting. Uh, um, Jeff, uh, did he have anything to say further about uh, the, the, the race and, and the means of the ballots? Or now that he won, is, that, is it a good thing? Well, again, I, I think that everyone is, is looking ahead now. No one's really looking behind them. There were lots of hiccups. Uh, it was a very compressed period of time. This, this whole process was, was uh, a first, as John alluded to, for leadership. Um, but no, I mean, I think that what's important is that, uh, you know, the other candidates have uh, acknowledged the outcome and uh, are going to be part of, of a, a strong team going forward. Okay, let's go to Bill in East York. Hi, Bill. Hi, good uh, good show. Enjoy it. Uh, just a brief question for all your uh, candidates or your guests there. What is the, the difference between the Liberal Party and the Conservative Party so people can sort of have a better view of things? And I'll take my answer off the air. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we need a short answer to that, please. Uh, well, I, I, I think I've said it in terms of what their economic record uh, is this is a government that that has the worst economic record of any government across the country, and uh, has been mired in scandal after scandal, from e-health to gas plants to uh, to, to orange. Um, uh, the Conservative Party uh, is uh, is promising to be fiscally responsible and uh, show some restraint in government. Um, okay, that's a, that's a short answer. So, uh, you know, I think what everybody's saying is that the ballot question is changed. But, but let me put this out there. There, there was a poll last week that showed that of the three uh, more mainstream candidates, uh, you know, Doug Ford was the least likely to win in a general election. And, and we have another new poll that shows that for all his positives, he has big negatives. People disapprove of him. Uh, so um, is the ballot question going to be change, or is perhaps Doug going to be the ballot question? I'll jump in on that. I think you were going to see Doug continue to do what he did uh, in the last few weeks. He's going to be touring the province. He's going to be going to town halls. He's going to be uh, meeting people in coffee shops. He resonated with people and will continue to resonate with people. And I don't think that, that he's going to change that at all. I think that that whole um, issue of, of Doug being someone who is divisive is, is not the case at all. We saw that he resonated with people across the entire province. He was strong in the 416. He was incredibly strong in the 905. But where he did remarkably well was in the rural ridings of Ontario. These are people that are looking for a fighter, and they see that in Doug, someone who's going to stand up and who has their back. And I think that the outcome is going to surprise a lot of people. I think that the polls are notoriously wrong, and I think that Doug is going to prove to uh, take a lot of people by surprise. I mean, you have to admit, there, he, there are a lot of people who have very strong feelings about Doug Ford, but one way or another. 
John. Well, well no, and I agree. I, th- I think that, you know, I remember saying on this show actually earlier um, uh, that uh, that ne- one's never to underestimate Doug Ford, um, and uh, and that's proven to be true. And I think that even if, uh, if then that's just beyond the leadership now. So we're getting to an election mode, and now we're, we're broader Ontarians will have a better perspective of, of Doug. Um, but, you know, the Fords have been the most investigated, the most looked at uh, folks, uh, you know, in, in, in the history of, of, of Ontario politics just by by virtue of, of, of Rob and, and Doug. So there's, you know, people have baked opinions of Doug uh, and the fact is that um, the fact that he won the leadership and, and that he was able to capture that is a big sign and I think that people are going to uh, get to know the real Doug now and as Jeff says, it's somebody who has always been, you know, um, out there and, and populist and, and, and friendly. Um, but I also think that the, the poll we saw this morning with Forum uh, that basically said that you know 44% of uh, this is taken after leadership on on yesterday that said that 44% of the people would still vote for the conservatives is indicative of the fact that um, what people feel about Kathleen Wynne and the Ontario Liberals. Uh, so I think Doug is going to be able to really capture people's imagination. He's going to ride that and in, into, into the next election. Okay. Well, I have a, a big question about that, but I want to take uh, one more call before our break. Uh, we've got Alan Branford. Hi, Al. Yes. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, I, he was out here at a couple of rallies here in Brantford. The one question I kept putting to him, or I did put to him, was what would you do about the sole source government contracts? He said they're done. They're finished. He'll change that. That alone likely would pay half our debt. <laughs> I, was, I was in business, and when I went out and bid on a contract, and Doug, done, Doug knows this from his own business, you bid on a price, and that's where you're at. You don't keep coming back with more. The planner agreeing to change the plans to make it accommodating. And Doug's got no seat waiting for him on a board of directors anywhere down the line. He's got his own board, his own business. I think you're right, Alan, and he's said that more than once, and he's talked about driving efficiencies, and and um, he will absolutely do away with sole source deals. There's a lot of efficiencies that can be found, and uh, and I think that um, he's determined to find them. Doug's the man. Okay. Thanks for that, Al. Okay, uh, we've got to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to be continuing this conversation on the other side of the break. Let me just give the numbers again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and we'll be right back. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about the dramatic events at the PC convention on Saturday. The new leader, Doug Ford. I'm here with Jenny Byrne uh, and uh, uh, Jeff Silverstein and John Capobianco. And we're taking your calls. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-744-740. And let's talk to Jerry in Burlington. Hi, Jerry. Hello, thanks for taking my call. You're very welcome. I did not vote for Doug, but um, I I am excited that he won. The reason being, he is he is with us, with ordinary folks. He is not a politician. Politician. He, I, I think he's very honest in. Trying to do, and he will do the best for the people of Ontario. Who did you vote for, if I may ask? Uh, Elliot, Christine Elliot. 
I thought she, you know, about I did, <laughs> but Ford was my second choice, and um, I I know that he he, he doesn't he's not a polit- he's an ordinary person who really I believe is sincere in making the best for the people of Ontario, for the ordinary folks who are faced with uh, high hydro bills. Everything is going up, and I think he really, truly wants to make um, the change. Okay, Jerry, thanks for that. Okay, thank you. Now, um, one of the things that Doug keeps saying is that he's got, uh, he has that populist appeal and it's wide and that he's got people in his corner who uh, normally would even be NDP voters. Now, I'm thinking that the corollary of that is probably also true, that, that you know, uh, I think everybody has agreed that time, time may be up for the Liberal government, but um, what about Andrea Horvath? Are, are, uh, Jenny, are you discounting her? Because if Doug, Doug can take votes for her, from her, then uh, she can probably take votes from the Conservatives. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. I think that because of Doug's appeal, like his, the populist appeal, that, that he's, he's, he's well-known, he is an ordinary guy, um, the, the Ford family is, is well-known within not just the city but the province, um, I think Andrea's biggest challenge is um, she's, she doesn't appear to be anywhere. Um, she's kind of in what is the equivalent of the political witness protection program. Um, <laughs> I've heard that said, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that it's uh, totally true. I mean, I, I'm not sure it's fair because, uh, you know, everybody's been pretty preoccupied with conservatives. <laughs> and I have seen her here and there, and I, I suspect that uh, she's going to come out. <laughs> I think the real issue for her and her party is that they've been out NDP'd by the Liberal government. Uh, so they've, they've become a bit redundant, and she has been missing in action. Um, I, I don't see them coming up the middle in any kind of way. John? I, I would agree. I think I think the only time you saw Andrea was literally when Patrick resigned. All of a sudden she had this sort of the wind in her sails and she's sort of getting out there and, and uh, doing events and whatnot. But before that, I think by and large, even in the reports in the media, you know, whenever there was some significant uh, policy statement that the Liberals did or some action that happened in the province, uh, she was always not there to make a comment uh, from, from what I've been able to see. So there was some, uh, certainly a sense or a belief that she wasn't present or at least wasn't active, active involved in some ways not to say that you know she's a she was actually party, to, to give her some credit she was the first person that brought attention to the big problem with hydro rates and um, she was out there in front on pharmacare and the liberals stole her thunder but yeah. I think with a, a a far inferior plan but I think yeah. it speaks to Jeff's point where the, yeah. I think the Liberals have, have out and yeah. impeded them. And I think that's what that's sort of put them in an uncomfortable position where they have to come up with new NDP policies if they... if they. Yeah, but but if if there are people who are leaning that way ideologically but want to get rid of the Wynn government, you'd think that that would be their logical choice. It could be, and it would depend on certainly. I think she's got. She certainly has appeal. There's no question that she, as a leader, has appeal, and she's always shown in in the polls that that there is a there is a popularity that she has, and she uh, she experiences that with with Ontarians. But but the party itself has never really done particularly well. I think she's always outperformed the party. Okay, uh, let us go back to the phones. Uh, let's go to Alan Scarborough. Hi, Al. Hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. 
let's face facts, were voting for Barney of the Flintstones. Go on, is is that... (laughs) That's my feeling. I'm a conservative, but I don't see logically how he can be our premier. Uh, Okay, Uh, thanks for that, Al. That's that's about as fact as I can make it. Okay, thanks for that. Uh, Short and sweet, that comment. So uh, I I think what I'm hearing from the three of you is that uh, we're, we're, you know, Doug Ford accused Christine Elliott of which one are we going to see, that we're seeing a different one now. And 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 uh, uh, with with respect to Doug, or, yeah, yeah. Well, no, and I listen. I, I respect uh, um, um, the caller's opinion, um, but I, I think I think that the party obviously picked Doug. Uh, they they've seen him. They know him. Um, Doug did extremely well. He came in late in the Merrill race um, against John Tory and almost won that one back in the yeah, day. Yeah, but so, that was you know. But still, you know yeah. that's that's. You know, dug out there and exposing himself, and and people sort of vo- voting for who they're seeing. So I think there's there's a success record with Doug that he's been able to capitalize on, and I think you're going to see that between now and the election campaign, and and um, and people will be surprised. I think. Yeah, but uh, uh, I think the last caller made it clear he thinks uh, Doug is kind of a dinosaur, and I think there are other people who hold that view. Jeff. Well, I. I... I, obviously, I disagree. I think, you know, I think that Doug, what he brings to the table is some real business experience. And I think when you watched the leadership campaign, what came across for me, and this goes back to what one of the earlier callers was touching on, is that he didn't come across as a politician. He comes across as as a businessman uh, with real-world experience. And he also has the benefit of having been on council here in Toronto and helped the city save millions of dollars. And none of the other candidates had that experience. Th- those, they- those numbers are uh, disputed by people uh, in a position to dispute them. So I, I don't want to get into the, the numbers that he has put forward for the savings because those are extremely disputed. Uh, uh, I, I've got to give them a great credit for that privatized garbage contract. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that there's 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 a lot of things that uh, that aren't really uh, up for 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 dispute. There was seven hundred and seventy four million dollars of pressure I, at I, City I, Hall. I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to get into those numbers because I uh, haven't done a forensic edit. I'm just making the point that there are a lot of people who don't ex- accept that view of uh, those numbers. Uh, let's go to Warren in Orangeville. Hello, Warren. Hello, how are you? Fine. I have a comment, a brief comment to make. Uh, I, I've been around this the business for quite a while. I was in Ottawa in 1957 when a young man called Brian Mulroney was running from Bay Como. He was about 16 or 17 for the YPC leadership for Canada. And a young fellow from southern Alberta called Joe Clark was also running at the same time. And they've kind of been at it ever since a bit. But I've been at this business a long time. And I want to make one brief comment. There's one issue that politicians are always deathly afraid of, and I don't know exactly why. But they will not uh, get into it. But that's the abortion issue, and it's important for a number of reasons. However, I wish to say the point that they all miss. I've never heard one politician give the right answer on abortion yet. It's not all yes, not all no. Where in all this realm of things are the the fathers of these uh, the babies that, that maybe life may be terminated? 
where are the where are the guys gone? I, I, the last time I checked, it seemed to me to get a pregnancy, you had to have a girl and a guy kind of involved somehow to get a pregnancy. Where is the man? Uh, well, I that's wanna, often uh, a good question. Where, yes, <laughs> where is. is the man? I'll t- Warren, I'll t- I'll thanks for you your call. Uh, again, that whole thing um, where Doug came out and said that maybe he would require young girls to get parental consent for an abortion, that's a can of worms. Jenny? Well, he said it was something that that that, that he was interested in, in looking at. I don't think that uh, there is any appetite within this province. Um, I, 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 having, you know, run a couple national campaigns, there's no appetite among the country for the most part uh, in terms of uh, reopening the, uh, the abortion debate, and I would be surprised if... Uh, if uh, if doing so was was part of something that that was that was part of a, a platform or or a policy statement going but there, forward, there's a big appetite uh, among uh, Tanya Granick Allen and her supporters. That's for sure, mm-hmm. and they they put Doug over the top. Well, that's that's what you can you can you can. Her voters might have, but I'm not sure all of her voters were uh, were voting on on abortion. I don't think there's any way to uh, to to know that. I, I've heard from a lot of people that that you know a lot of the Patrick Brown supporters ended up going to Tanya Granick Allen uh, as as well. So uh, I'm not sure that um, uh, just because Tanya Granick Allen supporters supported Doug Ford, uh, what that would do in terms of of why he would reopen that debate. Hmm. Okay. Let us go to uh, William in Toronto. Hello, William. Hello, Lib. Uh, I'm not uh, pleased whatsoever with all the manipulation of the process that took place uh, uh, with the voting in in the uh, Conservative Party, including the mock court trial. Um, And uh, I think I'm going to have to take a little more... uh, uh, be a little more active and hold people accountable because this is government for the people, by the people, which everyone has seemed to have forgotten. Are you talking and, uh, about the uh, application? The elected members are... Are you talking about the application for an injunction? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you need to, to put the, give the other side two days' notice. Everyone knows this, and it's, uh, if you don't do that, it's going to be dismissed. So they didn't give them any notice whatsoever. So the outcome was obvious. That's why I call it a, uh, I refer to it as I did. And anyways, the, the, once again, it's uh, government uh, for the people, by the people. These are public servants that work for the people, and, and people seem to have forgotten this. So I'd like to suggest that uh, people hold uh, their elected officials more accountable and be a little more active so we avoid this manipulation of process uh, and it won't take place. Uh, Doug Ford uh, has got a lot of things uh, he said he was going to do. He has to follow through. Andrea Horvath is very capable and competent. Uh, She's always there and the people have decided the Liberal Party is has self-imploded, and they've done themselves in, so it's the people that are going to get the Liberal Party out and no one else. Okay, William, thanks for that. Okay, thanks, Lib. 
Well, I think he might be right. I think the, the people will be the ones that will take the Liberals out. But um, with respect to the process, and I respect, you know, William's obviously perspective on it, but, um, you know, democracy is messy. And, and But the good thing is, is that 60,000 plus people were able to vote in this leadership process. You know, certainly could there have been more? Sure. Uh, were there some that were disenfranchised because they didn't get their PIN numbers? Uh, unfortunately, yes. But at the end of the day, they did what they could with the resources they had and the time frame that they had to work within. And, and, and you know, we got to a result where all the contestants uh, supported the leader and I think that's the key story and that's the news and that should be the good news is that um, everybody's declared uh, Doug within the party as our leader and he's going to move on and, and take the challenge on to, uh, to fight the election. Okay. Dave in Hamilton. Hello, Dave. Oh, hey. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Good, good. I'm just sticking up for Andrea Horvath. I know she remained silent, but I think uh, a lot of the reasons was because the other two parties were so corrupt with their ongoings that they ended up just making news after news after news, and she just remained silent because she wasn't corrupt. She wasn't. She didn't have the uh, hydro scandal or the orange scandal or the Patrick Brown manipulation to get him thrown out of power. These things are all newsworthy. NDP just was plowing along, but they weren't in the dirt. And I think she's being hurt because she's not in the dirt. That's uh, my comment. Well, well, she'll she will um, she'll have to uh, come out of there and uh, <laughs> if she wants her message heard. Well, thanks, Dave. Okay, thank you. Okay, and um, we've got Jan in Guelph. Hello, Jan. Hello. You're uh, on the air. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. This is turning into a Brexit. The the race has been won by Doug. Let's accept the vote. Let's not quarrel about it and all that stuff. He's the man, I believe, and I wish him all the best. Okay, thank you okay, for that. Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, let's go to Joyce in Scarborough. Hello, Joyce. Oh, hi, Libby. Okay. Uh, the abortion issue, to me, is a non-issue. Um, what it is, is uh, the the economics. And as people have said, uh, Doug is a businessman, and he will, um, I, f- I forget the term that they use when they want to bid on a thing, uh, on a project. And uh, he's not um, going to be on any board or anything like that. Now, <laughs> I think the Liberals, well, especially when, like with Hydro, uh, that is such a dog's breakfast that will we'll be, I don't even think that those contracts can be open. Anyway, I voted for Rob. I spoke to him. I voted for Doug in the mayor's race. He just needed a little bit more time. He would have won. Anyway, that's all. Okay, Joyce, thanks for that. Okay, well, a lot of support on this show anyway. Um, We are uh, basically running out of time, so let's wrap things up, starting with uh, Jeff. What do you want to leave us with? Well, I think that uh, the Joyce's comments and the comments of some of the other callers are are bang on. I think there's a feeling that uh, the province needs to move in an entirely new direction and that Doug is the guy that can do that. Uh, that he is someone that will do what he says, and uh, that he has the people's interest at heart. And I think that that's, that's really where we're heading. Jenny? I, listen, I agree. I think, this, uh, I think the electorate in Ontario wants change. They also want lower taxes. They want job creation. They want higher wages. 
Um, and I think that um, the the fact that Kathleen Wynne has such a terrible fiscal record and uh, and Doug has uh, the policies um, and uh, he's going to have the platform that will appeal to Cana- uh, to Ontarians uh, that he'll come out as premier on June the 7th. John? I agree with both my friends and I would say that this is about you know looking ahead and moving forward. I think you know we've gone through a, a tumultuous process in the party over the last couple of months uh, but we've got a leader who is focused uh, almost laser-like to uh, to defeat uh, Kathleen Wynne and he's going to bring his uh, his uh, charm and his leadership to uh, to the party and to the province and I think what's going to happen is that it's going to be about the economy and bringing this, uh, this province back into being a half province and I think Doug can do it. Okay well uh, thank you to all three of you. Uh, program note, uh, Doug Ford is going to be with us on the show tomorrow. So uh, people, if I couldn't take your call, please call back. Uh, he'll be happy to take your calls and your questions. Right now, we are going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be back with some interesting news on a couple of shows coming up on our sister station, Vision TV, and some chances to be in the audience. We'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.